0: you like to make a movie of your own that could possibly change the world? I think most people would like to be able to do that. My guests on today's program are two people who embarked on a crusade to get the United States to end its addiction to oil. Josh Tickell and Rebecca Harrell collaborated to produce a film called Fuel that is now making its way to theaters across the country.
1: I went to see Colin Campbell, renowned oil geologist and author of the book The Coming Oil Crisis. Colin showed me the oil and gas journal in which ExxonMobil first printed the graph that shows that our planet's oil supply is running out.
0: 1981, the world started
1: using more than it found, and the gap is wide. Colin and ExxonMobil are not alone. Hundreds of books, Thousands of websites and countless charts show that our oil is running out. Even Matthew Simmons, who heads the world's largest oil bank and has testified in front of Congress, agrees. Oil is actually non-renewable, even though there are some economists that now believe that maybe it really is renewable, and that is preposterous.
0: We had Josh on the show a couple of weeks ago, but at that time we focused almost entirely on biofuels— and how they might be able to replace fuels derived from oil. Today we'll talk a little bit more about that, but we also want to learn how they came up with the resources to make a movie on their own. After all, it's not like they're independently wealthy or have key connections with the film industry. We're also going to get Josh to show us the car he calls the Algius, a Toyota Prius that is converted to be a plug-in and run on gasoline made from algae. That's how you get the name, LGS, a combination of LG and Prius. I also have to mention that Jim Hall of 2953 Analytics is joining us for this discussion, and we will be back for that discussion right after this.
2: Are you wasting time surfing the web looking for that special gift? Why not shop where the auto industry does? Turn to the AutoLine website, click on the store, and you'll find a treasure trove of John McElroy-endorsed products. Remember to go to AutoLineDetroit.tv for that inspired gift choice. Visit our
0: website for even more great content all week long. AutoLine Daily, John's Journal, podcasts, and even more. So click over and get your all-access pass to the automotive industry at autolinedetroit.tv. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine.
1: Is the lifeblood of our society. Almost everything in our lives is made from oil. It heats us, it cools us, it feeds us, it brings us what we need to live. It takes us where we need to go. But there are problems with our use of oil. Serious problems. <laughs>
2: nanam chatibramaram nanarathne vibhushitam ragamatamodankitam chandanam
1: my name is josh tekal i've spent my life searching for a solution to those problems this is my story.
0: America is addicted to oil imported from unstable parts of the world.
1: 80% of the world's oil reserves are in the hands of OPEC countries. These are the countries that will dictate our economic stability. Petroleum complex. They are crack veins for carbon. We are facing the decline
0: of the primary energy supply that runs the economy. I should be dead by then, so it's,
2: it's not my problem, it's your problem. Here now is John McElroy.
0: Welcome to this episode of AutoLine Detroit, really part two of the movie Fuel that we were talking with Josh Tickell, the director of the movie. Josh, great having you back here on AutoLine Detroit. Thank we you. also have Rebecca Harrell, the producer of the movie, and joining us for the discussion, Jim Hall from 2953 Analytics. But Rebecca, let me start with you. I mean, uh, you ever made a movie before, or is this all brand new work for you?
3: I've made several movies, but not from the producerial end. So this has been quite an eye-opening experience. What, for me.
0: Acting, directing, what?
3: I've actually uh, been a SAG holder member since I was eight years old. Oh
0: my God! gosh. <laughs> How'd you do that? Uh, Commercials?
3: Actually, no. When I was a little girl, I started a Christmas movie called Prancer. So I have experience in making films that really touch people and make a difference. And so I always wanted to continue that pathway in my life. And when I found myself in my twenties doing horror movies, that was incredibly unfulfilling. And I met Josh and he was just up to such big things. And I saw when I was 16 years old, him driving across the country in the veggie van, and I saw him on the Today Show. So I knew that I wanted to have a future that included grease and vegetable oil. I just had no idea that eventually I would end up being involved in the project and spending my life with him.
2: Wait, (laughs) being involved in grease? That sounds (laughs) so weird. Yeah, right.
3: (laughs) Well, I wanted to run my car on something other than gasoline. I mean, I think a lot of young people today really are sick of using oil. I think we all kind of get a sense that you know, we need to provide ourselves with security without necessarily going overseas to get our energy sources. So for me, I was incredibly interested in driving my car in something other than petroleum. I'll be the one. So it was just a natural pathway for me being somebody that was an advocate of renewable fuels and somebody who had a background in film and also in marketing to get involved with Josh and this project. I mean, he showed me about, you know, 10 minutes of really rough footage. And when he finally asked me what I thought, I was so blown away. I couldn't even breathe. I couldn't even move. I couldn't even speak. I was so excited about what I saw on the screen and it just really resonated with me that this was the next generation of cause. It was like the hippie movement, but for my generation. You know, we all had something to stand for together. And, you know, not only that, know, but it's not the hippie movement because it's going to turn our economy around. Good. Yeah, you know, Yeah, it's like, yeah you know, the hippie
2: movement to me was all negative. <laughs> yeah, you know, but no. a lot
3: of people think of Veggie Van and they think it's just for a bunch of hippies. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's, you know, this is how we're going to green our economy, not just in terms of the environment, but also in terms of our pocketbooks.
2: So what was your first non-gasoline or non-petroleum car you had?
3: Um, Well, actually, it's our car. We have a VW Golf, and uh, we ride around on biodiesel. And then he and I came up with the idea of of taking this Prius and adding an extended battery pack and a plug to the back and then running it on algae fuel from Sapphire Energy.
0: Whoa. So where'd you find the, the algae fuel?
3: You know, Josh and I uh, had this idea, and we had been contacted by a company, Sapphire Energy, and they, I think, are sort of leading the way in terms of they did a flight uh, with jet fuel made from algae. Right, in the
2: 747-400. They ran it from... They were, did it from London to Le Bourget, I think, mm-hmm. in a, uh, a Virgin Atlantic aircraft. It was a pretty big deal. It got a lot of coverage on British television. It, it did. It, it yeah.
0: Actually, international coverage, because as you were talking about on the broadcast version of it, the show, Richard Branson. Branson's into
1: this stuff. Big time. Right? Exactly. Branson's been a, been a huge advocate. He's obviously in our movie, Fuel. But he's also, you know, we keep in touch with him because he's very interested in the the progression of this algae to fuel into reality. So it's nice to be able to say, hey, Richard, you know, we're in the Algeus. It's, you know, going to Detroit today. Mm-hmm. We're the going Algeus? The... Yeah.
3: The that, that's Algeus. the
1: algae Prius?
0: Yes. Algeus. The Algeus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's
3: right. that's but yeah, When you take a plug and algae and you put them together, poof, you get mm-hmm. the Algeus. And so, people love it. They have such strong reactions as we're driving down the road. You know, they give us the thumbs up sign. Some people are a little confused and sort of leery of it. Like, what is this algae car? But mm-hmm. for the most part, people are really excited because I think overall we're really ready to get a new fuel source.
0: So you seem to have evolved from being, you know, so uh, pro biodiesel to mm-hmm. now having switched over to algae.
1: Yeah, I, I'm at the end of the day fuel neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a signature. results. You're not. You don't care how you get alternative there. Alternative petroleum purchased
2: overseas that has the uh, ecological effects of using petroleum the way we do does basically.
1: Exactly, and, and I'm less. You know, at the end of the day, I'm less of. Uh, an environmentalist, as I am a pragmatist. America's got to get off of foreign oil. Doesn't mean we have to stop using our cars or flying our planes. Yes, CO2, there's an issue there. We've got to look at that, deal with that. But really, think about our economy. You know, there's all these people in Washington talking about health care. It's very difficult to have a successful health care plan when you're spending a trillion dollars a year and you're going into debt at the rate of a trillion dollars a year for oil. Mm -hmm. And we could keep the same oil industry, we could keep all those jobs, we could keep the same companies, and yet not lose the money. The fruit is
2: green and doesn't come from over the water.
1: Exactly, (laughs) and and there's the trillion dollars a year. I I, I said, look, I'm gonna give you a trillion dollars a year for your economy, over a million new jobs, create an entire new industry, reinvigorate America's science and technology and manufacturing and engineering, wouldn't you take it? It's a no-brainer. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, I've always
0: liked the line that says it's better to grow it in the Midwest than import it from the Mid East, and uh, you know that applied to ethanol, but equally can apply to algae.
2: But I take it grown in the in the Southwest deserts too. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: it's I, just that yeah. the Midwest Mideast, East that trips off the tongue easily. Yeah. What about emissions? I mean, burning algae fuel. Uh, tell
1: us about that.
0: Dirtier, cleaner, neutral, cleaner, or what?
1: Cleaner. I, I I continue to think that emissions, we have to deal with as much on the vehicle technology side as on the fuel side. The reality is you're still using a a catalytic refining process to take this crude oil and turn it into a synthetic gasoline. So yes, your aromatics are lower. Your CO2 at the tailpipe is going to be the same because it's a hydrocarbon-based fuel.
2: But you're taking CO2 in to produce the algae, so what's the net CO2 burden after refining and operation is it, a, is it is it a zero or is it a, a sub zero number
1: it, it, it's not zero but it is it is definitely less than than 20% so you're cuz you are you are you are using energy in the of production course. of the fuel and you've got to account for the well to you know, there's different studies being looked at there's different numbers being looked at you're going to have a less than 20% so you're reducing net co2 emissions by at least 80% probably up to 95%. From
2: petroleum-derived comparable fuel.
1: Exactly. So, you know, if I'm ExxonMobil and I'm looking at this technology, I go, okay, I can keep my refineries, I can keep my pipelines, I can keep my gas stations, I can keep all of my relationships. Hey, I can keep my profits!
2: Exactly!
0: (laughs) And and maybe even see
1: them go up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can get rid of the CO2 issue, or at least mitigate it to a large degree. Mm -hmm. It's a win-win. See, I
0: find this fascinating, what you're saying, because one of the things that people have argued before is, you know, why don't the oil companies get involved in biofuel production. And I always went, well, wait a Look, they're seismologists. They're uh, Well, their chemists, expertise isn't there. They're, they're, exactly. <clears throat> their expertise isn't. So you don't want them getting involved if they don't really know about it. But right. to your point on this is this dovetails pretty nicely with the oil companies.
2: What this does is minimize their exploration unit functionally.
1: Which because is happening you know, yeah, anyway. Right, I think it, that's right, because
2: at least yeah. they're, they're getting more oil, they're, they're becoming more just a refiner, at least yes. ExxonMobil is. They're oh. doing far less exploration. Right. But this, this minimizes their exploration in that respect. Is, is the output of, let's say if you're at a catalytic refinery, at a refinery for yes. this, yeah. is the, the operational pollution beyond CO2 lower than refining petroleum?
1: Well, it is because you're, you're taking out heavy metals. So oh, yeah. when That's you're right. removing, you know, th- this is a non, you know, it's a non-encrusted substance. not been buried for 150 million years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, doesn't have... The Nothing's mercury. in solution
2: in that respect, yeah. Right,
1: and, and you're taking out the sulf- sulfur as well. So you're, so you're removing a lot of the harmful pollutants that then go back into the ecosystem in a way that they shouldn't go into. It's a very clean crude. In that respect, yes, it is cleaner from the refinery standpoint as well. And you'll probably have less, less problems in the refinery because you've, you've got a lot of scrubbing, you've got a lot of issues that you've got to do right. to
2: reduce... Especially sulfur. The, the scrubbing of sulfur is a big deal, I know. Yeah. But, but you don't get really algae asphalt out of this, do you? <laughs>
3: No. Well, <laughs> you know,
1: the future is wide open. It really is. Green it, highways, literally. Well, Bi- like Bioplastics, it's a it's a huge industry that's just okay. now being explored. Just starting. And what I like is Craig Ventner, the guy who really broke the human
0: genome, is now getting involved in algae. Yeah. And uh this is still an area where the United States is very competitive when it comes to bioengineering. Oh, yeah. So we can literally start playing around with the kind of algae that we want to grow.
2: Dedicated yeah. organisms. Yeah. Yeah, well, the beautiful thing... Designer. You could be screaming, after all. It could be a horror film.
3: <laughs> uh, the beautiful thing, again,
1: I, I, I go back to this, because I think that people are going to have an innate fear of manipulating... Uh, an organism.
2: You've seen it in Europe with the the, the brouhaha about GM genetically yeah. manipulated yeah. fuel. There's right. A huge backlash against right. it. Yeah. So not GM, the company that. No, makes the cars. genetically right. manipulated. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well,
0: that seems yeah. to have died down some. It, yeah. it
2: has to some degree, but it's one of those things that a lot of people are just sort of I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. This
1: this is the same thing. You know, before we went into space, there were people who believed we shouldn't go into space yes. because there's that ineffable barrier that's created by a higher power. Moon germs. The
2: guys camped out when they landed. They camped out in a trailer for two weeks, the yeah. astronauts, because of moon yeah. germs.
1: Absolutely. So there's, there's mythology, and then there's reality. Mm-hmm. Look, back I in, think in the 19th century,
0: uh, a lot of people believed it was unsafe to go more than 35 miles an hour. And I believe it was Queen Victoria always mandated when she traveled by train that it never exceed that
2: speed. It would so, destroy I mean, your kidneys or that that something. <laughs> yeah, that it was speed right. was dangerous. Let's talk about
0: the movie a little bit more, though. Uh, Rebecca, you've had some test screenings or private screenings. Or Bring us up to speed and and talk about the debut of when it goes public for everybody to go look.
3: Yeah. uh, So we open next Friday in three major markets. um, Which ones? In San Francisco, New York, and Washington, D.C. It'll come to Detroit soon after and Chicago. Um, we opened in eight test markets, and it was overwhelming the response. Now
0: you were at Sundance too, right? We what did. Was the reaction there. The
3: reaction at Sundance. Well, we won the Sundance Audience now, Award for you Best I that. Yep. Right. <laughs> it was incredible. We actually had eleven screenings at Sundance, which is unprecedented. Eleven? Wow. Eleven standing ovations. What? You get
0: uh, invited to have more screenings? How does that
3: work? Well, there was just. How'd be, you get eleven? Well, there's a huge demand for it, and because the nature of our film is that of education, we also were able to include some educational screenings for some local high schools in Salt Lake City. So we got to go, and they they bust in all these students, and they were so excited. I mean, I, they cheered. Like, I've never seen high school students that alive before, because usually they're half dead, you know. But instead, afterwards, they actually started their own biodiesel groups, and they got biodiesel in their school buses. And, you know, it really sparked something with them, because they see more than anyone, it's their future at stake.
2: I'm curious, what were the the test markets you opened up in?
3: We did, um, I might not remember them all, but it's Los Angeles, Seattle, Portland, Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Denver. Denver. And some little... Phoenix. places Um, like
1: Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tiny places. But it almost sounds like you're cherry
0: picking places where you're going to find a favorable reaction.
3: Well, you know, part also because, you know, this has been an evolving process, the movie. It's really changed a lot. And I really admire Josh for his flexibility and being willing to alter the ultimate message because his core commitment is sustainability, not necessarily biodiesel. It just took the biofuel backlash for him to really see that bigger Mm. picture. we got a lot of great feedback in those markets. We were able to really fine tune the message of the film by the response that we got back from the audience. And, you know, it's not, green is not just a left issue. This is an issue that affects everyone. So we it's wanted. an economic we,
2: issue, too. It is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. national security. Exactly.
3: So we had to go to states where, you know, they may not necessarily favor the long haired hippie biodiesel guy. We wanted to go to some places where we were, we were going to get some tough questions and people may not necessarily agree with some of the politics in the film. And we wanted that. And as a result of that, we were able to modify the film so that it really didn't distract people from the core message. And then on top of that, some some other excellent feedback we got were teachers and parents were demanding that we create a version of this movie for schools because they wanted every student in America to get the opportunity to hear this message because there's not a strong environmental curriculum currently in schools. When Fuel opened in Santa Monica, California, audiences demanded the same thing every night. This must be shown in every school. So one evening, we preempted them by saying, and, we're making an educational version of the movie that we will show to schools. And it got such a huge response, the next night we made an even bolder statement. We said, we're making an educational version of the movie that we will make for free to every school in America. And then the next night, we made an even bolder statement, and we said, we're making an educational version of Fuel that we will give to, for free to every school in America by September, along with the green curriculum for the schools. So suddenly, we were faced with the daunting task of actually fulfilling what we had just promised to do. And we had no idea how to do that. So Josh and I and our team created a 35-minute version of the movie. It's an educational version. A
2: 35-minute down mm-hmm.
3: And it's just for use in classrooms. So it's not reasons. enough. You've
0: got to have uh, materials that go along with it. Well, we this actually
3: that. also created okay. a green curriculum. It's uh, based at the end of the movie. We talk about the new green barrel. So how are we going to create a barrel of oil from something other than traditional petroleum? And so we look at solar, wind, Biomass, sustainable biofuels, energy efficiency, public transportation, and one more, oh, electric vehicles and hybrids.
1: The next part of the barrel should come from rethinking our vehicles. The question to ask is of the next billion cars we ship in the next 15 years on this planet, what technology can get into 500 million to 800 million of those cars to really make a difference? plug-in hybrid is a normal Prius that has an added battery pack and a plug. We can drive on electricity instead of gas. The sun can beat down on solar panels and the solar panels can be connected to the grid and the grid can charge the car.
3: And so we created a module for each one of those elements of the new green barrel that meets national education standards, and we're putting that into schools along with the 35-minute version for free at the end of this month. Wow! And then in addition, for free. for free, yes. I mean, we also have a nonprofit organization called the Veggie Van organization, but it doesn't just look at things like biodiesel. It really looks at what we're calling an ecology of solutions. It's because it's really going to take more than just one thing for us to be able to get out of this energy crisis that we're currently in. So.
2: I think that's been one of the problems um, with with a lot of the traditional green movements. They're looking for a silver bullet, one that will do it. And that's mm-hmm. why you find that swing from one, oh, if something's wrong, we'll find something else, mm-hmm. rather than standing back and saying, long term, what do we want to do here? And long term, for some people, is five years, for some people, it's 10 years. But what do we want to do to get out of the, our, our cause, whatever it is? Yeah. And it, this, if nothing else, is going to focus some of those folks, isn't it, in theory?
1: Yeah. It, it gives people... A grounded sense of information and reality rather than just kind of the hype and the excitement and the reaction and and that's what classifies this is you know we're not in a in a reactionary movement anymore we've got technology we've got scientists we've got engineers we've got all of this power of this United States that we can put into moving green energy forward it just has to be a little more focused And a little more based in reality, because it's great to talk about these solutions that may happen. But look, at the end of the day, we've got to have stuff to do now. And that's what fuel the movie really gives us, the pathway.
0: Yeah. And what I like about it, too, especially when you talk about the algae fuel, is you don't have to create a whole new infrastructure, which is what's facing hydrogen, which is probably facing even electric vehicles. The grid will have to be upgraded at Mm -hmm. some point. But this is you can use old cars and trucks with this new fuel and you're going to get a net benefit immediately.
2: So
1: what's your next movie? The next movie is actually the story of the journey that we're now on uh, (laughs) traveling around the country, traveling around the world, actually, with the movie and and engaging people in a new dialogue. You know, we're having new conversations. We're having a a whole new realm of thought. God, who knew ExxonMobil would write a check for over half a billion dollars for algae? Who knows what's going to happen in the next 12 months? Uh, That's what we're filming, this day-to-day incredible journey that we're on and all the amazing things that are happening.
3: I mean, who knows? Maybe some sixteen-year-old girl or boy is sitting out there, and they will see what we're doing now, and will end up being like me and be the activists of the next generation. Well, it's just showing you that in the um, they call this a racetrack configuration. So there's different configurations for the ponds. So in their open pond algae system in New Mexico, rather than having it be like a snake like that or just a regular pond, they keep it in a system because algae needs oxygen so that it doesn't clump up, because the algae will grow so fast when it gets sunlight and CO2 that it will form a layer across the top that then suffocates the algae on the inside. Uh And that's one of the biggest challenges that they've had in making oil from algae is actually keeping the entire batch of algae alive, not just the outside, making sure that it's continuously moving and then actually extracting the oil from the algae. So they have to use this type of racetrack system so that the algae doesn't die and they can get the most oil from it.
1: Now when moving to an algae system, uh, is it gonna require, in a sense, more maintenance because of the faster growth rate? You know, is it gonna have to be monitored more times throughout the day versus what we're using now?
3: You, once it goes to the refinery, it's processed just like regular gas.
0: Well, we're going to have to wrap up the discussion here, but Josh Dickell, thanks so much for coming in, talking all about the movie Fuel that you've put together. Rebecca, great having you here, too, filling in on all the behind the scenes of what you've been working on. Jim Paul, 2953 Analytics, great having you here as well. Pleasure. And I will be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. Visit our website for even more great content all week long. Autoline Daily. John's Journal, podcasts, and even more. So click over and get your all-access pass to the automotive industry at AutolineDetroit.tv.
2: Are you wasting time surfing the web looking for that special gift? Why not shop where the auto industry does? Turn to the AutoLine website. Click on the store and you'll find a treasure trove of John McElroy endorsed products. Remember to go to AutoLineDetroit.tv for that inspired gift choice.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about biofuels and the background of what goes into making a movie when you've never done anything like that before and do not have any connections to the big studios. On another note, if you like keeping track of what's happening in the global automotive industry and doing it on a daily basis, check out AutoLineDaily.com. It's a six-minute daily webcast of the breaking news in the industry. Then on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., it's time for AutoLine After Hours, the first live webcast dedicated to the automotive industry. Join me and Peter DeLorenzo, the publisher of AutoExtremist.com, for the most unlikely show about the auto industry. But that wraps up this show. For all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.